You're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for intentional moms to build strong families. Last week, Val began Preparing Your Children to Soar, a new series about equipping your kids for success in life from a holistic perspective. I want my kids to be prepared for life, prepared emotionally and socially, prepared academically and with wisdom, prepared spiritually and with discernment for their life purposes, prepared physically with healthy habits, a holistic view of life. That preparation doesn't begin when they're 16. It begins from a very early age. So we're going to talk about all of this in our new series, Preparing My Child to Soar Beyond the Nest. Today, Val continues that series as she's joined by our youngest son, Andrew, to discuss specific and practical techniques for thriving. Now, they pack a lot of great wisdom into this conversation. In fact, if it seems fast-paced, it's because they sat down to record this about 30 minutes before Andrew had to leave to head back to college. So, hang on and let's join them now. I want to welcome back to the studio our youngest son, Andrew, who is visiting from college. Welcome back. Thank you. So, we're going to be talking about life skills that these mamas may be needing to equip their kids uh, with for college specifically. And really, all of these things that we're going to talk about are effective for all of life and necessary for success and thriving as an adult. But you've been in the college environment for the last, you know, many months. Uh, You're going into your sophomore year. And before that, you did two years of engineering at a technical college. So you've kind of been at this for a while. So we're going to look at some of those skills. And I should also preface this with, you are at a really solid Christian college where it's it's hard to get into. They especially look for good character in the students. So in one respect, you're already in an excellent environment you do have to work in a more toxic environment outside of college. So you experience some of that, but you've had it really great. A little bit of heaven on earth we've talked Mm -hmm. about. So we're really not getting into the moral life skills so much, you know, as if a student were going to have to go to a public university or even a lot of Christian universities where they're just really having to deal with a lot of, world moral issues. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're what we're addressing today. We're right. addressing specifically life skills. So let's jump right in with what is one of the important life skills you've had to develop or has been helpful for you to have. The first thing that comes to mind, and this is perhaps for me personally, my personality is more think things through and do things a little slower so I can do that. That means I tend to take tasks a little slower naturally, but really focus on the details of those tasks. I I just wanted to throw in there because these moms may need to know this, Mm -hmm. that if they have a child that moves a little slower in answering questions or, you know, the questions they ask their child or a little slower in doing assignments and stuff like that, it may be that they're thinking of 400 different angles of that answer you know, so many more aspects of it than what I'm thinking of. 
over time, we figured out you have an engineer mind Mm -hmm. and you're evaluating so many aspects of any given situation and any given question. And so it's just not as quick for you to come up with an answer. Your mind is not slow. Mm -hmm. Your mind is just looking at a whole bunch of stuff. Right. Yeah. So with that being my tendency, I've had to learn to value speed versus quality or or find a good balance between speed speed and quality which is a tricky thing for anyone to learn they might be in you know over balance in one direction or the other but you know it goes this way for anything you do whether it's school or in the work environment um, or just your to-do list at home working excellently in my mind is that good balance speed versus quality which it may look differently depending on what you're doing um, it may be different for different employers or supervisors or teachers uh, you may have. But that's definitely been something that I've needed to learn is to do things faster and be okay with not doing things perfectly or be okay with not spending a lot of time thinking things through. I think this is such an excellent point to bring up, Andrew, because every mom or student who's listening is aware of the fact that they have some weak areas and some strong areas. And so we we can look at a weak area and go, what's the opposite? I do things slowly because I'm thinking deeply and I have high perfectionist standpoint. That's mm-hmm. you. You want to do things perfectly. Yeah. So you had to increase your value of speed. Now, another student, someone who's listening might be like, I am really fast, so much so that I overlook details and I need to increase my standard of accuracy and attention to details. Right. So that's really what you're pointing out here mm-hmm. is identify your strengths and your weaknesses and learn to bring them into a better balance. Right. I love it. Yeah. And it's not just making doing things fast the goal or just paying attention to details the goal. Really, it's doing quality work quickly is partly how I view excellent work. Awesome. Okay. What is another aspect? You, you bring up work. So let's talk work ethic. Mm-hmm. What have you had to implement, realize, work with regarding work ethic? How I view work ethic is really giving your full energy to whatever task you're doing. So giving your full focus, giving your full effort, whether that's physically, mentally, different things like that. To, you know, to complete the task excellently quickly, but also with, you know, in a quality way. So that's how I kind of view work ethic as well as being willing to put in time. So if you're doing things that don't necessarily need to be done, but you're doing them ahead, you are paying attention to your time management. That's, I think those are all aspects of a good work ethic. When you say doing things that don't need to be done, you mean... Things that aren't don't have a deadline that's immediate. Is that what you're saying? Yes, as okay. well as being willing to go above just the. Okay, so going you know, the second mile, going above the expectation. Right. Yeah, going above the asked. expectation. Exactly. Okay. okay. Think you know, thinking for yourself on the job, not just doing the checklist that your employer has given you. Full effort. I love that you brought that up. It's something that I mentioned in my book, Gaining Momentum, Preparing Your Student for a Career with or Without College. Mm -hmm. I talk about some different success habits in there. And one of them is the 100% rule. That whatever we're working on at that moment, 
to give 100% to it. And it doesn't mean only if it's something I want to be doing, only if it's something that brings me personal joy or immediate benefit, Mm -hmm. but putting in full effort right now because the professor gave me this assignment or because I know the boss's desires, you know, Mm -hmm. not even the, just the verbalized desires of the boss, but, but like, because you have studied your professor and your boss a little bit and, and tried to get their desires in alignment with yours. So, um, identifying what do they really want me to do as a student? What do they really want me to do as an employee and embracing that mm-hmm. instead of holding on to, I really don't enjoy doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, you are so good at setting aside what you feel like doing and just being all in for the task in front of you, mm-hmm. which that also gives you favor with your boss, with your professor, both if something comes up where you mess up. I mean, you had, you experienced something this summer with that because you ran into something in the work car Uh and it was a small thing, but you know, it's a negative. Right. And so to have been an employee that's been giving your full effort up to that point, giving them your best Mm -hmm. and really doing what is best for the company and best for the employer, not just, you know, thinking of yourself, put you in favor with them Mm -hmm. so that they're more understanding when bad things happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to give a little bit of perspective on this because the goal is not just monetary success, prestige, favor with boss, favor with professor. I don't view that as the goal necessarily. I think those are not Um, bad things. I definitely even pray that God would give me favor with my professors, that God would give me favor with my supervisors. But really what I strive to do is honor God with my work. As it says in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart. So whether that's academics, whether that's in the workplace, whether that's a task at home, you can do all of those things with all of your heart to the best of your ability as of working for the Lord and not for men. Now, another aspect of that is doing, you know, if you have a mindset of doing everything the best you can, the fast as you can, pushing yourself to the limit, not a bad thing, but it can really add stress. It can really bring physical, mental fatigue, which is not healthy. So I definitely want to just provide a little bit of perspective of, yes, working with all of your heart, But really, it's for the glory of God. And taking care of your body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, is also glorifying to God. So just doing it all in a wise way, not not stressing yourself out, not making yourself physically and mentally exhausted, is just another piece of the puzzle that you kind of have to watch for. Yeah, when we talked about this briefly yesterday, you used the words managing pressure by finding God's balance. Mm-hmm. which we do that by having a broader vision of the whole thing. Right. Which I thought that was a great point you brought up yesterday, that that if we're feeling pressure about one specific little thing, then we need to take a step back and look at the broader vision of the whole thing. And I love that for keeping our pressure well managed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you already brought this up a little bit, but time management, what are some quick time management tips that you might have for them that you've had to learn to do? Absolutely. 
something that's been extremely helpful for me is making a schedule, a daily schedule, a detailed setting time slots within my day for different activities. Um, that really helps me focus. It provides a goal for my day of I'm seeking to get things done in this amount of time. And, you know, also allowing some flexible room within that schedule. And it really, it, it gives me more motivation, more energy to actually do the things that I need to do for that day. I'm sure you have more management tips, time management tips. But first of all, with the schedule thing, I want to tell them that we really started that process for you multiple years ago Mm -hmm. and that you were having trouble with time management. Yeah. So our first step was you just would write down every little thing you did and what time it was when you did it. Yeah. And then we began just evaluating that and identifying how can we help this? And so then you would give yourself like 20 minute goals. I think they were 20 minute. So you would be like, okay, my goal is to get this, this, and this done in the next 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So then we began doing that. And then the next step after that was you started making time slot goals for your day. So this is my time slot for this. And this is my time slot for this. And so beginning that process in high school is so essential If we want it to exist in college, we're not just going to, we can't go from zero to a hundred on that overnight. We have to begin that process and take them step by step through Mm -hmm. how to have time management in college. Yeah. Okay. Any other time management tips for them? So how I, how I work my schedule is I write my to-do list and then I consider what's the most important thing. Like, what do I need to get done today? What's at the top of the list? And I work my way through that, you know, giving myself time slots for the different activities. So, you know, if I wake up at 7.30, you know, I'll say I have a, and I'll have a class at eight, then I have 7.30 to eight to get ready and eat if I want to, or some, you know, something like that. And then a class at, from eight to nine, homework from nine to 10, and then another class at 10, you know, just scheduling out my day. That does a couple things for you. Like I already said, it gives you a goal to do. It gives you focus, but then it also, you've already pre-thought your day. You don't have to think about in the moment, okay, what should I do right now? That saves you time also. And everything, you you know that if you stick to it, you're going to get the have-tos done. Yeah, totally. So a habit that I've had for many years is the day before, I am, or the night before, I'm starring the things that have to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And then I'm identifying of those items that have to be done tomorrow, what ones am I dreading? Right. And so I do those first um, because if we knock those out, then often we're much more motivated to get through our list than if we didn't. And then at the end of the day, you know, we're just looking to the next day again. So we move everything forward on our to-do list and we start the things that have to happen tomorrow and we mark the one that's that we most are dreading. So little habits there. All right. Two more topics I want to get through real quick. One is people skills and the other one is decompressing from toxic. Okay. Okay. So people skills, do you have any bit of, you know, tips for them? whether it is professors and bosses or peers. And maybe, actually, we already addressed professors and bosses, uh, unless something else is standing out in your mind about that. Yeah, just doing things with humility and respect. That goes a long way. 
for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anything peer related that you want to stick in here? Like as in having quality Any, friendships? Well, I think just advice for them as they head into the college environment. What do they want to keep in mind regarding peers? Okay. There are different levels of guards you need to have up. First off, because definitely when you go in, into a new environment, you know, I don't think people do this naturally, which is probably a good thing. Not making yourself completely vulnerable emotionally. Or When you say having guards up, mm-hmm. I think maybe some words that moms might understand is, or that they could share with their kids. Some words that I've used with you kids a lot is your inner circle people mm-hmm. or the people that, you know, you're, you're friends with them, but you can't totally have your guard down with them. Right. You, you've got to keep some cushion of emotional protection or, right. or moral protection, spiritual protection, you know, yeah. um, having these guards up. And then you've got your acquaintances yeah. where you definitely, they have not earned the right for you to have any of your guards down, whether that's, you know, moral, moral, spiritual is the most important, of course. Right. Physical is in there. Emotional, you know, those kind of things. But let's switch gears from guard up to gatekeeper. And I want to tie this in with toxic. You've had to deal with some toxic work environment stuff. Mm-hmm. And so how do you be a gatekeeper of your life, a gatekeeper of your heart and mind mm-hmm. when you have to be in that every day? I think that's a great question. It definitely has to do with what you allow, but not just allow, but what do you intend to go into your mind and heart and where you're allowing your heart and your mind to go. So okay, let's, it, let's divide this up Okay, into <laughs> guarding yourself while in the toxic environment. And then decompressing from it when you're not in it. Okay. Let's divide it into those two categories. So, okay. So guarding yourself in the toxic environment. For me, that happens a lot just in my own mind. It's not so much necessarily actions that I take unless it's avoiding actions they're they're doing or avoiding situations that you put yourself in. Besides that, it's, it's a, it's a big mental battle that you're facing. And how do you fight that mental battle? One, not participating in the conversations or the joking or the actions that are contrary to your convictions. I see you do that in different situations. And I appreciate the fact that that doesn't mean you retreat entirely from those people. Right. You only retreat from those parts of the conversation. Yeah. You are always open and kind and interactive and caring and and attentive Mm -hmm. to them as a person until those topics come up and then you just pull away. Yeah. And and the goal with that is not to reject them during those times. The goal with that is to guard yourself. One, so that you don't do anything that is not right. So you don't say or conduct yourself in a way that is, you know, against your conviction or against your calling. But also to guard your heart, guard your mind from just the evil of the world. Really, you know, as it says in James, not allowing yourself to be polluted by the world. 
So I think that's that's a large goal of doing that, of not participating in the conversations or the actions. Besides that, I strive to be, I pray that God would help me be accepting of those people as Christ accepted sinners, as Christ accepted lost people. Okay, the second part of that, decompressing from it when you're not in it. How do you replenish? So with that, at work or in environments that you really you need to be in, but you can't really control, I'd say it definitely depends on what you allow to go into your mind and heart after those toxic environments. What do you mean? So the biggest one for me is spending quality time in prayer and in reading scripture, just that time with the Lord to allow him to direct my heart and my mind to light, direct my heart and my mind to good place, good thoughts, and just allowing him to renew my mind so that it's not stuck in this toxic place that I was in for eight hours a day at work. I know you make a point to, like you're in a Bible study, a small group Bible study, so you know you're getting that replenishing as well, that you have a group of people that you can have your guards down with and can get filled up from them, you know, draw strength from that environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's another aspect is who you are spending time with. If you have a toxic work environment and then you go spend a lot of time with toxic friends or at least friends that don't build your character up but pollute you, then that's going to be really difficult to have your mind and your heart to be in a good place. It's like weighing yourself down as a runner in the faith. Not to say don't spend time with friends that need Jesus or uh, are not as far along as you in the faith. But definitely watch your time. Watch the level of influence from people that might pollute you. And then another aspect would be entertainment. What you read, what you watch, what you listen to. Uh, It's all just what are you allowing to go into your mind? What are you allowing your mind to get used to? Where your brain goes when it has, you know, where where is your habitual thoughts going? You know, when I am memorizing a lot of scripture, it's very interesting how when I'm tired and I just want to rest my brain, I want to rest physically, my brain tends to go to better things, to that scripture, to uh, things of that nature, rather than if I'm not in a season of that and I haven't been doing my devotional time with God and I've been listening to this toxic music or whatever, that experience is very different. Hey, Andrew, I know you have to go. (laughs) You're literally leaving for school, so you need to go. But could we wrap up with you just praying for the students Mm -hmm. that either are listening or the moms or the students, but praying for those students? Can we wrap up with that? Absolutely. Okay. Holy Father, I just thank you for your grace and your goodness. Um, and I ask that you would empower the children of the parents listening to do your will, to walk in your way. Father, I ask that you would strengthen your children who may be paying attention to you well or maybe not, but give them grace, give them power to walk with you humbly, to find out what pleases you, to find out what your will is for them. And to do that with a submitted and humble heart to you. God, we all need your power and your grace in our lives. 
apart from you, Lord Jesus, we can do nothing. Help us to see that. Help us to see how much we need you. Help us to depend on you. Lord, we glorify you and we praise your name. Amen. Amen. We hope you and your student have found plenty of inspiration and some practical ideas about preparing to soar into college or into whatever next step lies ahead. Next week, Val will be joined by our daughter, Abby, to talk about embracing challenges as a means of personal growth and strengthening. It's always fun to have Abby on the podcast, so be sure to listen in for that. Val is honored that you allow her to be a voice of encouragement in the life of your family. If you would like to find her books, resources, and other podcasts, visit her website, practicallyspeakingmom.com. You can also join her and other moms in this intentional journey by being a part of Val's private Facebook group, Intentional Mom Strong Family. And join Val right here again next week when she'll be back with more from her heart to yours. Thank you.